0: Hello, and welcome to the Brothers Grim Lunch Break. I'm Eric Wagoner. Today, I'll be reading The White Snake. A long time ago, there lived a king who was famous throughout the entire country for his wisdom. Nothing remained hidden from him, and it seemed as if he could obtain news of the most secret things through the air. However, he had one strange custom. Every day at noon, after the table was cleared of food and nobody else was present a trusted servant had to bring him one more dish. This dish was always covered, and the servant himself did not know what was in it, nor did anyone else, for the king did not take the cover from the dish and eat until he was all alone. The king continued this custom for quite some time, until one day the servant, while removing the dish, was overcome by curiosity. He took it into his room, and after he had carefully locked the door, he lifted the cover, and found a white snake lying inside once he laid eyes on it though he had an irresistible desire to taste it so he cut off a little piece and put it in his mouth no sooner did his tongue touch it than he heard a strange whispering of exquisite voices outside his window he went over to it to listen and noticed some sparrows talking to one another telling what they had seen in the fields and forest Tasting the snake had given him the power to understand the language of animals. Now, it so happened that on this very day, the queen lost her most beautiful ring, and the trusted servant was suspected of committing the theft because he had access to everything. The king summoned the servant and with harsh words threatened him, saying that if he was not able to name the guilty person by mourning, he himself would be considered the thief and would be executed. It was to no avail that the servant protested his innocence, for he was given a curt dismissal. Distressed and afraid, he went down into the courtyard and tried to think of a way out of his predicament. Some ducks were peacefully sitting and resting by a running brook, preening themselves and chatting in a confidential tone. The servant stopped and listened to them as they told each other where they had been waddling about all morning and what good pickings they had found. But one of the ducks was irritable and said, "'There's something heavy in my stomach. "'I was eating too fast and swallowed a ring "'that was lying under the king's window. "'Right away the servant grabbed the duck by its neck, "'carried it into the kitchen, and said to the cook, "'This one's well-fed. It's time you killed it.' "'All right,' said the cook, weighing it in his hands. "'It certainly hasn't been shy about stuffing itself. "'Besides, it's been waiting long enough for its roasting.' "'So he cut off the duck's neck and when it was being cleaned, the queen's ring was found in its stomach. Now the servant could easily prove his innocence, and since the king wanted to make amends for having wronged his servant, he granted him a favor and promised him whatever royal post of honor he desired. The servant declined all of this. His only request was for a horse and some travel money, for he had a desire to travel about for a while and see the world. When his wish had been granted, he set out on his way And one day, as he was passing a pond, he noticed three fish trapped in the reeds and gasping for water. Though it is said that fish cannot talk, he heard them crying in distress and wailing that they had to die so miserably. Since he felt sorry for them, he got down from his horse and put the three trapped fish back into the water. They wriggled for joy, stuck their heads out of the water, and cried out to him, We'll remember you for saving our lives, and one day we'll repay you. "'He rode on, and a while later it seemed to him "'that he heard a voice in the sand at his feet. "'He listened and heard an ant-king complaining, "'If only people with their clumsy beasts "'would keep away from us! "'That stupid horse is mercilessly trampling my people "'to death with his heavy hooves!' "'The servant turned his horse onto a side path, "'and the ant-king cried out to him, "'We'll remember this, and one day we'll repay you!' "'The servant's path led him into a forest,' and there he saw a father and mother raven standing near their nest and pushing their young ones out of the nest. "'Get out! You're nothing but freeloaders!' they were exclaiming. "'We can't find enough food to feed you anymore, and now you're big enough to feed yourselves.' The poor young birds lay on the ground, flapping their wings, and began crying, "'We're just helpless children. How are we supposed to feed ourselves when we can't fly? All we can do is stay here and starve.' Then the kind young man dismounted, killed his horse with his sword, and left it for the young ravens to feed on. They hopped over to the horse, ate their fill, and cried out, We'll remember this, and one day we'll repay you. Now the servant had to use his own legs. After he had walked a long way, he reached a big city where there was a great deal of noise and a large crowd in the streets. A man on horseback rode by and announced that the king's daughter was looking for a husband. But whoever declared himself a suitor would have to perform a difficult task, and if he did not complete it successfully, he would forfeit his life. Many men had already tried and had risked their lives in vain. When the young man saw the princess, he was so dazzled by her great beauty that he forgot all about the danger, and went before the king and declared himself a suitor. He was promptly led to the sea, and a gold ring was thrown into it before his eyes. The king told him that he was to fetch the ring from the depths of the sea, and he added, If you come up without it, you will be continually pushed back down until you perish in the waves. Everyone felt sorry for the handsome young man, and left him alone by the sea. He was standing on the shore, thinking about what to do, when he suddenly saw three fish swimming toward him. They were none other than the three fish whose lives he had saved. The one in the middle held a shell in its mouth— which it set down on the beach at the feet of the young man who picked it up. When he opened the shell, he found the gold ring, and bursting with joy, he brought it to the king, expecting that he would receive the promised reward. But when the proud king's daughter discovered that he was not her equal in birth, she scorned him and demanded that he first perform another task. She went down into the garden, and she herself scattered ten sacks full of millet in the grass. He must pick them all up before the sun rises tomorrow, she said, and not a single grain may be missing. The young man sat down in the garden and tried to think of a way to accomplish the task, but nothing occurred to him, and he sat there quite sadly, expecting to be led to his death at the break of dawn. But when the first rays of the sun fell on the garden, he saw ten sacks all filled to the top and standing side by side. Not a single grain was missing." The ant king had come during the night with thousands and thousands of ants, and the grateful insects had picked up the millet seeds with great diligence and gathered them into the sacks. The princess herself went down to the garden and was amazed to see that the young man had accomplished the task. But her proud heart could not be tamed, and she said, Even if he has accomplished the first two tasks, he shall not become my husband until he has brought me an apple from the tree of life. The young man did not know where the tree of life was. Therefore, he set out with the intention of going as far as his legs could carry him, even though he had no hope of finding it. One evening, after he had traveled through three kingdoms and reached a forest, he sat down beneath a tree and wanted to sleep. But he heard a noise in the tree, and a golden apple fell into his hand. At the same time, three ravens flew down to him, landed on his knees, and said, We're the three young ravens whom you saved from starvation. When we grew up, we heard you were looking for the golden apple. So we flew across the sea to the end of the world where the tree of life is standing, and we've fetched the apple. Now the young man was full of joy and started on his way home. He brought the golden apple to the beautiful princess, who no longer had any excuses to make. They divided the apple of life and ate it together, and her heart filled with love for him. In time, they reached a ripe old age in peace and happiness. The End The Brothers Grimm Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Download it and share it all you'd like, but don't change it or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Zipes and are used with permission. His collected translations, The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm, is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album, available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other episodes, you can find them on our website, www.grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments or subscribe through iTunes. Thank you for listening.